Welcome to Zichu Daf Siman Memorabre of Ram Goldhari, and today Masechus Gittin Daf Nindal, the fifth parak Hani Zakin. The Zichu Masechus Gittin program has been generously sponsored by Zichu Nishmas Chaya Hadas Basender. So the three types we're going to focus on number one, the Gemara Daf Nun Gimel Amabes asserted that Rabbi Meir penalizes a shogeg as severely as Mezid for other Rabbanan. On this Daf, it brings a contradictory price that states, according to the Gemara's final version, Achel Truma Tahora, if a non Kohen ate Tahor Truma inadvertently. Mishal Mechun Tahorin. He must repay the Kohen with Tarachun, meaning already tithed produce. Shile Mechun Tamein. If instead he paid with Tamechun, which cannot be eaten since it becomes Truma, Red Mer says, Beshogev Tashum of Tashumin. If it was done Beshogev, the payment is valid. Bemezid ain't Tashum of Tashumin. If it was done intentionally, the payment is invalid. The Chavin say that in either case the payment is valid, but he must pay again with Tarachun. So we see that Rabbi Mer did not penalize Shogeg, although the prohibition to pay with Tamechun is rabbinical. The Gemara answers that this is not comparable. There, when paying with Tamechun, the man intended to pay is required. Should we go penalize him for mistakenly paying with Tamechun? Point number two is taught in Abraisa. If one was preparing Tahor items for another, and he told them that Tahor items are prepared for you became Tameh, or if he was preparing Karbonas for another by sacrificing them, and told them the Karbonas are prepared for you became Pigo, Naman, he's believed. However, if he said that items he prepared on a previous day became Tameh or Pigo, he's not believed. Abai explains the difference. Anything within his ability to do, he's believed to say he did. In the first case, the items are under his control, and he can still make them tame or pigle respectively because the carbon still requires rika. In the second case, they're out of his control, so he's not believed. Rava says one is believed even after they are out of his control, but the second case is where they met once and he said nothing, and upon meeting a second time, he told him what occurred, in which case he's not believed. And point number three, the Gemara relates an incident of a sofer who told Rabbi Ami about a Sefer Torah he wrote for someone. I did not write the mention of Hashem's name, Lishma, which would invalidate the entire Sefer Torah. After determining the Torah was in the purchaser's possession, Rabbi Ami responded, You are believed to forfeit your wages since you admitted you did not perform the work properly. But you're not believed to disqualify the Sefer Torah. The Gemara explains that although the rest of the Torah was written properly, he forfeits all his wages because such a Torah is irreparable. In another incident, a sofer told Rabbi Abo that the parchment on which he wrote a Sefer Torah was not tanned lishma, which invalidates the Torah. Although the Torah was in the purchaser's possession, Rabbi Abo said, Since you are believed to forfeit your wages for having written an invalid Torah, you are even believed to disqualify the Sefer Torah. Since he realizes he's forfeiting his entire wages, he would not make this claim if it were untrue, as opposed to the previous case where one might mistakenly think he's paid for the rest of the Torah, which was written properly. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara and Dav Nun Gimel Amabes asserted that Rav Meir penalizes a shogig as severely as Mezid for other Rabban. On this Dav, it brings a contradictory price that states, according to the Gemara's final version, Achel Truma Tahora, if a non-Kohen ate Tahor Truma inadvertently, Mishal Mechun Tahorin, he must repay the Kohen with Tarachun, meaning already tithed produce. Shile Mechun Tamein, if instead he paid with Tamechun, which cannot be eaten since it becomes Truma, Red Mer says, Beshogev Tashum of Tashumin. If it was done Beshogev, the payment is valid. Bemezid ain't Tashum of Tashumin. If it was done intentionally, the payment is invalid. The Chavin say that in either case the payment is valid, but he must pay again with Tarachun. So we see that Rabbi Mer did not penalize Shogeg, although the prohibition to pay with Tamechun is rabbinical. The Gemara answers that this is not comparable. There, when paying with Tamechun, the man intended to pay is required. 
Should we go penalize him for mistakenly paying with Tami Prados? Point number two is taught in a brisa. If one was preparing tahor items for another, and he told them that tahor items are prepared for you became tameh, or if he was preparing karbonas for another by sacrificing them, and told them the karbonas are prepared for you became pigo, Naman, he's believed. However, if he said that items he prepared on a previous day became tameh or pigo, he's not believed. Abai explains the difference. Anything within his ability to do, he's believed to say he did. In the first case, the items are under his control, and he can still make them tame or pigo respectively because the carbon still requires rika. In the second case, they're out of his control, so he's not believed. Ravi says one is believed even after they are out of his control, but the second case is where they met once and he said nothing, and upon meeting a second time, he told him what occurred, in which case he's not believed. And point number three, the Gemara relates an incident of a sofer who told Rabbi Ami about a Sefer Torah he wrote for someone. I did not write the mention of Hashem's name, Lishma, which would invalidate the entire Sefer Torah. After determining the Torah was in the purchaser's possession, Rabbi Ami responded, You are believed to forfeit your wages, since you admitted you did not perform the work properly. But you're not believed to disqualify the Sefer Torah. The Gemara explains that although the rest of the Torah was written properly, he forfeits all his wages because such a Torah is irreparable. In another incident, a sofer told Rabbi Abo that the parchment on which he wrote a Sefer Torah was not tanned lishma, which invalidates the Torah. Although the Torah was in the purchaser's possession, Rabbi Yavo said, Since you are believed to forfeit your wages for having written an invalid Torah, you are even believed to disqualify the Sefer Torah. Since he realizes he's forfeiting his entire wages, he would not make this claim if it were untrue, as opposed to the previous case where one might mistakenly think he's paid for the rest of the Torah, which was written properly. All right, so now we get our simmer with Daphne and Dalit, and our standard simmon is noodles. Noodles. So here goes. The Kohen, who was outraged when he saw that the Yisrael, who accidentally ate his green noodle dish made from Tahor Truma, repaid him a shogeg with Tamechulin, wasn't believed when he told the man he was a mafago, the carbon he brought on his behalf the day before, and that the Sefer Torah he had written for him that was now in this man's possession was puzzle because he didn't write Hashem's names. Lishma. Once again, it's emotion. The Kohen, who was outraged when he saw that the Yisrael, who accidentally ate his green noodle dish, green noodles, that must be run off. Nundalit, noodles. The Kohen, who was outraged when he saw that the Yisrael, who accidentally ate his green noodle dish made from Tahor Truma, repaid him a shogeg with Tamechul, and which reminds us, the Gemara Daf Nun Gemal Amabes asserted that Rabbi Meir penalizes a shogeg as severely as Maisie did for a Rabban, yet he rules in a brisa that if a non Kohen ate Tahor Truma b'shogeg, instead of paying him Tahor Chulun, he paid him a Tamechulun, which cannot be eaten since it becomes Truma. Rabbi Meir says, b'shogeg tashum of tashumim. If it was done b'shogeg, the payment is valid. But Maisie, the payment is invalid. The Gemara answers that this is not comparable since there when paying with Tamechulun, the man intended to pay as required. Should we go and penalize him for mistakenly paying with Tame produce? So the Kohen was outraged when he saw that the Yisrael who accidentally ate his green noodle dish made from Tahor Truma repaid him to Shogeg with Tamechulun. Wasn't believed when he told the man he was Mafago the carbon he brought on his behalf the day before, which reminds us it was taught in Nebraisa that if one was preparing Tahor items for another and he told them that Tahor items are prepared for he became Tame, or if he was preparing Karbanas for another by sacrificing them and he told them the Karbanas are prepared for you became Pigol, he's believed. However, if he said that items he prepared on a previous day became Tame or Pigol, he's not believed. Abai explains the difference. Anything within his ability to do now, he's believed to say he did. 
but something that's no longer in his ability to do, such as something that was done the day before, he's not believed. Rabbi gives a different explanation. So the Kohen who was outraged when he saw that the Yisrael who accidentally ate his green noodle dish made from Tower of Truma repaid him b'shogeg with Tamechulin wasn't believed when he told the man he was Mafago the carbon he brought on his behalf the day before and that the Sefer Torah he had written for him that was now in this man's possession was puzzle because he didn't write Hashem's names, Lishma. Which reminds us, the Gemara relates an incident of a Sofer told Rabbi Ami about a Sefer Torah he wrote for someone. I did not write the mentions of Hashem's names, Lishma, which would invalidate the entire Sefer Torah. After determining the Torah was in the purchaser's possession, Rabbi Ami responded, You are believed to forfeit your wages since you admitted you didn't perform the work properly, but you're not believed to disqualify the Sefer Torah. So once again, the Kohen who was outraged when he saw that the Yisrael who accidentally ate his green noodle dish made from Tower of Truma repaid him B'shogeg with Tamechulin was not believed when he told the man he was Mafago the company he brought on his behalf the day before and that the Sefer Torah he had written for him that was now in this man's possession was puzzle because he didn't write Hashem's names. Lishma. All right, so now it's time for four Chazar. Dafnun. So the Simmer Dafnun is a non-stop flight. So here goes. The disappointed Balkhov who was on a non-stop flight, non-stop flight, that must be on Dafnun. The disappointed Balkhov who was on a non-stop flight in a small green airplane to identify the Ziburi's land he was going to collect from adult Yasomim, which reminds us the Gemara concludes that the restriction to only collect Ziburi's from Yasomim includes adult Yasomim. So the disappointed Balkhov who was on a non-stop flight in a small green airplane to identify the Ziburi's land he was going to collect from adult Yasomim flew over some gifted Bainini's properties he couldn't collect from another debtor who had some unsold Ziburi's field, which reminds Ravachot Bar Ami asked, can a creditor collect from gifted properties where unsold properties are available. He explains, was the enactment which required collection from unsold properties made because of the loss of purchasers? But in the case of a gift where there is no purchaser's loss because the gift recipient paid nothing, there is no enactment protecting his land from collection. Or perhaps we say if the debtor had not received some benefit from the gift recipient, he would not have given him a gift. Therefore, Matana is considered like a purchaser's loss. So, the disappointed Balkhov who was on a non-stop flight in a small green airport to identify the Zibori land he was going to collect from adult Yasomim, flew over some gifted Bainini's properties he couldn't collect from another debtor who had some unsold Zibori's fields, and noticed a buyer of a stolen field down below collect compensation from the seller for the produce that was seized after his purchase, which reminds us, the Mishnah Daf Memeches Amabes taught that although a buyer whose purchase land was later discovered to have been stolen by the seller may collect the purchase price from properties which the seller had subsequently sold, produce which grew in the field after the purchase can only be collected from the seller's own property. Two explanations are given here. Ula said in the name of Reish Lankish, Lefisha and Kasubim, because they're not written in the original purchase contract. Bechina said Lefisha and Kasubim, because the amount of potential produce is not fixed. Purchasers cannot protect themselves from later collections if they have no way of knowing how much property to leave with the seller. Therefore, produce can only be collected from the seller himself. Dafnun Alf. So the simmer Dafnun Alf is a beaver because beavers gnaw. So here goes. The man whose beaver team, beaver team, that must be on Dafnun Alf. Gnaw. The man whose beaver team built a green dam on stolen property he purchased and was unable to collect from property the same seller sold to another prior to these improvements, which reminds us, Rabbi Nassim says, when is it true that compensation for the improvements are only collected from the seller's property? Only when the second purchase preceded the improvements of the first purchaser and the obligation to compensate for them was created thereafter. But if the improvements of the first purchaser and the obligation to compensate for them preceded the second purchase, he does collect from the sold properties in the second purchaser's possession. 
So, the man whose beaver team built a green dam on stolen property he purchased and was unable to collect from property the same seller sold to another prior to these improvements had to swear when he denied finding two beaver pelt purses tied together and said he found only one, which reminds us the Gemara explains the distinction between a case where one is accused of finding two purses tied together and he claims he found only one purse and one accused of finding two oxen tied together and claiming he found only one. So, the man whose beaver team built a green dam on stolen property he purchased and was unable to collect from property the same seller sold to another prior to these improvements had to swear when he denied finding two beaver pelt purses tied together and said he found only one, but did not have to swear when he was motive but mixes and told his accuser, a man of your father's was in my possession and I paid him half of it. Which reminds us, the Gemara brings up Malchokas whether the rationale why one must swear in a case of Motiba Mixas, that it's presumed that a person is not brazen enough to completely deny his debt to his creditor's face, applies in a case when one is Motiba Mixas to the creditor's son. Rebelezim and Yaakov holds that a person is also not brazen enough to deny the whole claim to the son and therefore must swear, whereas the Chamim hold, he would be brazen enough and therefore partial admission is likened to him being Meshiv Aveda, returning a lost object. Dafnun Beis, so the similar Dafnun Beis is a newbie to Yiddishkeit. So here goes. The newbie to Yiddishkeit, newbie to Yiddishkeit, that must be more enough. Nun Beis. The newbie to Yiddishkeit named B.T. Green, who was taking the beginner's course on how to be an apitropus, learning how to tie the orphan's produce to feed them, which reminds us, the more clarifies that an apitropus can take truma for orphans, la achil, to feed them, but not to store away. A Bryce elaborates on other powers of the apitropus, such as using the orphan's property to prepare them for mitzvahs, which have a cost limit, such as a lieu of sukkah and tzitzes. So, the newbie to Yiddishkeit named B.T. Green, who was taking the beginner's course on how to be an apitropus, learning how to tie the orphan's produce to feed them, saw the instructor had drawn an equal sign to teach that property of orphans is like hectish when it comes to sales, which reminds the Gemara discussed in the moment of acquisition and purchases involving orphans. Produce which was drawn through Mashiach from orphans' possession to acquire before payment. If a later increase in value, the orphans can retract based on the statement of Rab Chanilai Bar Idi in the name of Shmuel, Nechse Yesomim Harihen Kahektish, property of orphans is like hektish and is only acquired with money and not mashicha drawing clothes. So the newbie to Yiddishkeit named B.T. Green, who was taking the beginner's course on how to be an apitropus, learning how to tie the orphan's produce to feed them, saw the instructor had drawn an equal sign to teach that property of orphans is like hectish when it comes to sales, and turned green watching a simulation of a thief stealing someone's wine and pouring it to an idol, where he had to pay and get stoned, which reminds us, Rav says the mission's case of menasich means menasich mamish, one literally pours another person's wine as an idolatrous libation. Shmuel says ma'arev, it means one who mixes nesach wine into kosher wine, thereby prohibiting it. He disagrees with Rav because menasich kamli bid rabimine, one who makes idolatrous libations is high for a more severe punishment, namely skila, stoning, than paying money, and the more severe punishment exempts him from paying compensation, the lesser penalty. Rav holds from the moment of lifting the wine he acquires it as stolen goods, obligating him to pay for it, but does not become a chai for his life until the time of the libation. Because the monetary obligation preceded the libation, it is not exempted by the greater penalty. Dafnun Gimel, so the similar Dafnun Gimel, is a Nigerian prince. So here goes. The Nigerian prince, Nigerian prince, that must be more Dafnun Gimel. The Nigerian prince in the green robes, who had his attendants examine food someone was matame, to determine if in fact it was Hezek Sheino Nicker, which reminds us, the Gemara brings Malchuk's about Hezek Sheino Nicker, damage which isn't recognizable. Chizki holds that one is Chaim the rice for, but the rabbis exempted an unintentional damage or Kadeshi Odio, so that he'll inform the owner that his food is prohibited. If he would be Chaim, he may hesitate to inform the owner, causing him to eat the prohibited food. Rabbi Yochan disagrees and holds Hezek Sheino Nicker, Loshme Hezek. Unrecognizable damage is not considered genuine damage. The rabbis penalize one who intentionally damages way, so that everyone should not go and be Matame's friend's tower of foods and say, Patrani, 
I'm exempt. So the Nigerian prince in the green robes who had his attendants examine food someone was Matame to determine if in fact it was Hezek Sheno Nicker was outraged when the thief who stole his treasure box of coins returned the coins after the government had declared they were no longer in circulation. Which reminds us where Papa challenged Chizkiah from a Mishnah. Gazamat Bey of Anipsal, one who stole a coin and it was disqualified for use by the government. The thief may return and say, what's yours is before you, and returned. And it's not high for its loss in value. So we see conclusively from here that Hezek Sheinu Nikar, Lapshme Hezek, is not considered damaged. So the Nigerian prince in the green robes who had his attendants examine food someone was Matame to determine if in fact it was Hezek Sheinu Nikar was outraged when the thief who stole his treasure box of coins returned the coins after the government had declared they were no longer in circulation and insisted that even one who damages like this Bishokeg should be penalized atumezid, just like the Jews do when it comes to prohibiting food that was cooked on their Sabbath. Which reminds us, the Gemara explains why Rebbe Meir holds we penalize Shogig Atumezid when it comes to Hezek Sheno Nikar, but do not do so when it comes to Amavash B'Shabbos B'Shogig, one who cooks B'Shogig on Shabbos. And why Rebbe Yudah holds we do not penalize Shogig Atumezid when it comes to Hezek Sheno Nikar, but do penalize Shogig Atumezid when it comes to Bishop B'Shogig on Shabbos. Alright, so now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which Tafti Machok is about the case of one being Manasseh, someone else's wine, and if it's a case of Kamalei Bidurabi Minei, that's on Duff? None base. Good number two, which Tafti we discuss whether a sofer is believed when he says the Sefatori he was paid to write is invalid, that's on Duff? None dollar. Good number three, which Duff are two explanations given as to why produce which grew in a stolen field can only be collected from the seller's own property, that's on Duff? None. Good number four. Which stuff do you is whether Hezek Shainu Nikar is a derisa? That's on Duff. None Gimel. Good number five. Which stuff do you want to not can tithe on behalf of Yosomim in order to feed them but not to store the produce away? That's on Duff. None base. Good number six. Which stuff do we discuss the case of Tame Truma which was eaten and then repaid with Tame Chuan? That's on Duff. Good number seven. Which stuff when the one is high full payment when his ox scores an ox of hagdish? That's on Duff. Memtas. Good number eight. Which stuff we have a question whether one is believed when he claims his friend's tahor items became tummy or his carbon became pigol? That's on Duff. Good number nine. Which stuff do we learn that if one stole coins and returned them after the government stopped circulating them, he's not high for their loss in value? That's on Duff. Good. And number 10, which of the one the Nixa Yasomi Maharyanka Hektish, property of orphans, is like Hektish when it comes to sales. That's on Duff. None base. Excellent. That concludes today's sheer. This is everybody of Ram Gold from Zikru wishing you a great day and great learning.